all these songs that we sing, altogether lovely, altogether worthy. Well, then I want to hear from the person that's altogether lovely. Amen. I want to hear from the person that is altogether worthy. This person that we've spent all this time lifting up and exalting, he's got a word for me. And so I believe that your hearts are prepared as a result of that. I continue to encourage you to enter in to worship. Um, you know, uh, I, I know demographically where we're at um, and and way that some places and some churches may do things. Um, that, you know, it may not be within the culture uh, to really get out and raise your hands and lift your voice uh, and do those type of things, but I encourage you to do so. Um, I've even had people, you know, I'm not really the kind to raise my hand. I'm not really the kind to sing. You know, I love listening to the music. Well, listening to the music doesn't exalt God. Just be honest. And everybody else can be exalting God in this room, and you miss out on what can take place in the midst of worship. And we'll be talking about worship uh, at some point this year. There are some things that I'm going to pull out that's just going to make it. And, and look, it'll, it, some stuff may hit the fan. <laughs> some, I, I may be stepping on some toes and killing some sacred cows when it comes to worship. Uh, uh, I know that there are some churches that tell you you don't sing. You don't clap. Uh, but that's just contrary to the Bible, period. You've been given a body, and you've been given a body that can exalt God, and uh, we should take every moment to do that. He gave you those hands. He gave you those feet. He gave you, those, he gave you the lungs. He gave you the tongue that can mouth words. He gave you the air that goes into the lungs that allows words to come out in response. Uh, he gave you a mind that can reflect and think about all that he's done. There's just too much he's given you for you just, just to just stand still in the midst of worship. There's just too much. Uh, but we'll talk about that on another day. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about getting connected. Get connected. Look at your neighbor and say, get connected. Let's try that again. Look at your neighbor and say, get connected. It's okay. You can look at them. You may be thinking, this is the one time I don't have to look at them. I can just look straight ahead and I don't have to be worried about who's sitting next to me. But it's good to talk to your neighbor every now and then, regardless of who they are. And um, we're going to talking about getting connected. There's this, there's this thing you've got to know. That if you ever want to draw on power, a connection has to be made. Now, I'm not an electrician. Um, uh, you know, I don't really know that much about electricity, more than probably what your regular first or second grader knows about electricity. Um, uh, you know, I, I haven't studied it out, but I do know this. Things got to be connected. <laughs> I know that much. There's got to be a connection that's made. I remember uh, when I was uh, in uh, college, I was at Bible school, and uh, one morning I got up and um, I wanted to make a real healthy breakfast. You know, I got up a little early and wanted to make, you know, a real good breakfast, you know, so, you know, they say breakfast is the most important meal of the day or whatever, so I want to be functioning, I want to be ready. I'm out on my own, I'm in my own apartment. I'm not asking my mom to make me breakfast. You know, hey, go pour me some cereal while I'm getting ready. I'm doing this on my own. So I go in the kitchen, and I pull out the most nutritious thing I can find. 
some Pop-Tarts. Yeah, that's how you do it in college. That's nutritious right there. And, uh, you know, some people like to eat Pop-Tarts just by themselves. You don't even have to heat them up and stuff. But I like to heat them up. And so I went and put them in the toaster, pulled the thing down, and, you know, went and finished getting ready, you know, doing whatever I needed to do to get ready for the day, and came back, and my Pop-Tarts were not ready. Pop-Tarts were cold. I was a little disappointed. And now, you know, toasters have these cool little features that they won't even let it go down if it's not plugged in. If there's no power supplied to the device, it won't even let you go down. Not the one I had. I picked up the $4 one from Walmart or something, and, you know, I get the one that doesn't have the cool little thing to let you know, hey, it's not plugged into the wall. So I come back to cold Pop-Tarts, and I don't like cold Pop-Tarts. And I'm wondering, what is the problem? I did all the steps, right? I put my Pop-Tarts in there, and the toaster has all the power in it, has all the resource necessary to heat up. It's got the coils. It's got heating elements, blah, blah, blah. It's got a little thing on there where I can, I can burn it if I want or I can lightly toast it if I want, whatever. It's got all the little features. But my Pop-Tarts have not been touched by the power of my toaster. And I do a little research, do a little investigating, come to find out it's not plugged in to the wall. Now, in my apartment, there's all the power running to that thing. I mean, I'm paying the monthly bill, so there's power running to this place. There's a little outlet on the wall, and it's loaded with power. There's so much power in that thing, I could run way more than a toaster if I wanted to. Yet, I received no power. So, what's missing? The connection. And there's many times in life that we want to receive or draw on the power of God. How many of you know God has power? Is he powerful? Is he limited or limitless? He's limitless. There is no limit to his power. It's in abundance. We know that he has so much power to meet all of our needs. There's no doubt about it. Got a financial need? He's got it covered. Uh, Do you have a mental, uh, anxious, peace need like we've been talking about on Sundays? Got it covered. The word, the power is in the word. No problem. But where we miss it is we don't get connected to the power. And if you're separated from the device that's carrying the power, then it can't help you, even though it contains all the power. And so I want to look at an example here in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. And we're going to see here that Jesus... How many of you know Jesus had power, right? We know the Bible says that Jesus had power to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. Jesus had power to cast out demons. Jesus had power to tell the winds and the waves to stop. Jesus had power. But there needed to be a connection. There had to be a connection factor that took place for people to draw and receive the power of that Jesus had. You did not just automatically get around Jesus and draw his power. You didn't just get around him. It's like, ooh, wow, I wasn't even trying. And that just, it's just so powerful. It just jumped on me. I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about it. No, there was a connection that had to be made. And here in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, 
we see that now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. She had a hemorrhage and has suffered many things from many physicians. I love how they use the word suffered. (laughs) She suffered from the physicians. Sometimes it's more suffering to go see a doctor. Because not only am I not any better, you've taken all my money. And there's no refund. There's no, we'll get you better in 30 days or your money back guarantee. I've never seen a doctor with that guarantee because they can't make that guarantee. They can't do it. But it says that she has spent all that she had and was no better. So, So she had tried to make a connection on her own with a source that didn't have much power. Okay? Now, we're not preaching against doctors tonight. I just don't... Don't go there. I'm not putting doctors in, you know, in the bad zone. Can't go see a doctor. We're not preaching that at all. But we do see here that the doctor did not contain the power, even though she connected. What was her connection? Money. She spent all that she had, but grew worse. Grew worse. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus... She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that what power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, my faith has made you well. Did y'all catch that? Is that, what it, is that what it says? Is that how it reads? No. It says, daughter, your, your, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, we could easily look at this and try to identify the point of contact that was made was the woman touching the hem of his garment, and that was where the connection was made. But that would be a a failure. That would be an oversight to just pinpoint one item when there are several things that we have to look at that made the connection between her and Jesus. First of all, we know this, that just simply touching him was not how power was drawn. How do we know this? Because his disciples turn to him and say, what do you mean who touched me? There are many people standing around you, walking with you on this journey. You are surrounded by people thronging you, touching you. Yet he's able to identify one person that withdrew power from him. Isn't it disappointing that you could be touching Jesus and still draw no power? We still draw no power. No, the connection is in Jesus' response here in verse 34. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. So I can touch Jesus or I can touch Jesus in faith. 
There's two different touches. There's two different drawings. There's two different things. And the way you touch Jesus determines what you receive from Jesus. And so there are some steps we have to look at here. And that's why I love this passage, especially here in Mark. This account is actually in a few other books as well. But here in Mark, he outlines it perfectly that identifies what we have to do if we are going to draw or receive from the power of God in our lives. Number one, we have to back up to verse 27. Number one, we have to see this in verse 27. It says, when she heard about Jesus. When she heard about Jesus. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, we can throw that up there. Romans 10, 17 says this. So then, faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your faith is developed. Your faith is provided as a result of what you hear. This woman heard about Jesus. And what she heard stirred her to develop some faith. In the man Jesus. Whatever she heard, whatever she heard people saying about Jesus, provided faith in her that said, These people couldn't take care of my stuff, but I hear that this man can. And so the first thing we see is that she heard. When you hear the word, it develops faith within you that the, that the word can do something for you. Now, I want to stop right there because hearing and faith development are not only connected by the word of God. Meaning this, whatever I hear, I develop faith in. What, at one point, this woman had faith. That the doctors could do something. At one point she was hearing, hey, this doctor can do it. Hey, this doctor can do it. Hey, this doctor. And so she continues going down the road, spending her money until she spent all that she had. It only grew worse. But at some point she was hearing something. And whatever you listen to, whatever you hear, that is what is developing faith. Within you. This is why it's so important to get yourself around hearing the Word of God. Because until you start hearing the Word, you won't have faith in the Word. And the Word has the power. The Bible tells us over in the Old Testament that where the Word of the King is, there is power. Do you realize that you don't even have to have the King present to receive His power? We've got an Air Force base right here in Valdosta. And if a call came from the President of the United States to put men in action, you realize they, they, they don't have to see him here at Moody Air Force Base in person for them to get up and start doing something. No, where the Word 
of the president is that's all they need. There's enough power in the word that President Obama can call from Washington, D.C. and say, hey, we need these men in action. We need to get them to report to duty. And guess what? They're getting up and they're reporting to duty because he, they don't sit around and say, well, when he comes, when he shows up, if the president ever comes down here, I'll, I'll get up and do something. No, you won't have that kind of response, buddy. No, you won't. Because there's enough power in the word spoken that changes something. This is all you need. His word is all you need. And she heard a word one day. I said, there's this man from Nazareth, the town of Galilee, and he's been roaming around. And everybody that comes into contact with everybody that he touches, everybody that uh, makes this connection with him, they get healed. I mean, he's going around healing all kinds of sickness and disease. He's, he's healing lepers. I mean, there's no cure for leprosy. They can't even be in public with everybody else. Yet he gets right up to them, touches them, says, be healed, and they're healed. You should go check this man out. Or maybe she just heard he's in town. Maybe she just heard someone say, hey, Jesus is here. And that was enough within her to say, he's got something I need. She heard about Jesus. And hearing about Jesus developed faith within her. Let's keep going. Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus... She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. But look at verse 28. It says, for. For. So even though the second step that we see, even though the second step that shows up is touching, the word for tells us that that actually precedes the touching. There's actually a second step that comes before she actually reaches out and touches. And verse 28 says, For she said, If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now, she has heard. The next thing she does is she speaks in line with what she's heard. And you have to incorporate all that. You can't just say she speaks. Because she could have said, well, he can't heal me. My condition is too far gone. I mean, I've had it for 12 years. I've gone to the best doctors. I've spent all the money. What could he possibly do? What could he possibly provide for me that these doctors couldn't do? This isn't like something that she came down with yesterday and said, well, I'll try Jesus. She's tried it all. Twelve years with the same affliction, going to people that know how to take care of this kind of stuff, spending the money that would get the results, yet she still doesn't get the results. And now she is speaking, but not just saying anything. She's speaking in line with what she's heard. She heard about Jesus, that this guy is a miracle worker. He is a healer. He can perform the power to heal in her body. And now she says in line. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Has God promised some stuff? Has he promised that he will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory? Has he promised that by his stripes, Jesus' stripes, you are healed? You were healed? Has he promised us that? Has he promised us that uh, the peace of God will guard our minds and guard our hearts through Christ? Has he promised that? Has he promised us that we are seated in heavenly places with him? Above all principality, power, might, and dominion. Above every name that is named. Above anything. Above all the power of God. Has he promised this? Has he promised that he has seated you with the right hand of the Father? Yes. He's promised you stuff. He's faithful to promise. And so this says here, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Some translations read the confession, or this says of hope. Some read confession of our faith. Bottom line, bottom line, faith speaks. So what I'm hearing should be moving my mouth. I saw uh, something that was either on Twitter or Facebook today. Uh, somebody put out there, I need to allow my spirit to teach my mouth how to talk. See, we've been allowing our mouth to just say whatever we see and say uh, whatever is already going on. And we've been moved in our mouth by what our flesh wants to do instead of what your spirit wants to say. And you have a spirit man inside of you that wants to speak in line with the word of God. The only words worth uttering out of your mouth are those that are in line with what's already been said. Don't speak sickness and disease when he's already promised healing. Don't speak lack and poverty when he's already promised a prosperity. Don't speak anxiety and worry and confusion when he's already promised peace of mind. Don't speak opposite of what the word says. Speak in line with what the word says. So hearing produces faith within me, develops faith within me, which means the more I hear, the stronger my faith gets. So you can't ever quit hearing. You can't quit hearing. You got to keep hearing and keep hearing and keep hearing. There was a minister, if I, if I named his name, most of you know who he is, and he got a report several years ago of cancer in his body. So you know what he did? He got himself locked away in a closet with his Bible and with healing tapes and healing scriptures and people ministering, and that's all that he listened to. Why? Because if whatever I hear develops faith in that area, then I want to hear something that's going to develop faith for healing. He didn't get a bunch of tapes on finances. He didn't get a bunch of tapes on, you know, how to take care of your marriage. And he didn't, get a, he didn't get a bunch of people around him that talked about how to get your family ready for, you know, your death. And he didn't take the doctor report in there and just continue looking at the doctor. No, he needed to hear in line with what he wanted to develop faith in. I need faith for healing. I need to hear about healing. You need to go through the Word, and you need to find verses, find passages, find the Word based upon what you need faith for. Yeah. 
And it's in there. This book covers it all. So hearing produces faith. Now that I have the faith built up within me, I need to speak faith. That means you are saying what you don't see. If I touch his clothes, I will be made whole. Was she whole when she made that statement? No, this came before she touched. She didn't go out there and touch without saying anything and then go, whoa, if I touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. Because look what's happening. No, it was spoken in faith before she reached out and touched. She said, if I touch his clothes, I will be, will be, future, am going to be. Means it ain't happened yet. But it's gonna. This is speaking in faith. This is speaking the word of God. The word you will find, and this is what's so contradicting, and this is why many of us have trouble with the word, is because it doesn't talk about your past. And it doesn't talk about your present. It talks about your future. And so we read this word and it says stuff about us that we haven't seen yet. That's because you have to hear it and develop faith in that area if you want to see it. If I want to see healing and I'm sick right now, I need to get in the word because it's going to talk about healing. It's not going to talk about my sickness. It's not going to tell me that God's trying to teach me something. It's not going to tell me that uh, uh, God's putting me through a test. It's not going to tell me that I must have done something severely wrong. And so now I need to go and find out what that is. It's not going to tell me that. It's going to tell me that healing is mine. Healing is provided for. God has already taken care of my healing and I just need faith for healing. And so she hears about Jesus. Now she speaks in line with what she has heard about Jesus. And then she acts. She acts. What does she do? She touches the hem of his garment. Now the touch by itself, the touch standing alone, is not what drew power out of Jesus. He did not say, Daughter, your touch has made you whole. No, she touched in faith. She heard, she spoke, and she acted upon what she said. James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verse 17 says this. Thus also faith by itself. Did you know you can have faith by itself? Did you know what is faith? Faith is a belief in my heart. It's something I believe. But did you know that just believing something doesn't change your situation? Look what it says. Thus also faith. By itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, that verse is not a lie. That verse isn't put in there to try to throw you off. There's no JK. Just kidding. All you got to have is faith. Gotcha. No, that's a literal statement. Faith, your belief system, 
without acting on what you believe is dead. Now, this word dead doesn't mean inoperable. It means incomplete. This word dead, translated properly, means incomplete, meaning that there's a finished product of faith. If I'm truly in faith, if I truly believe this, then I will act like this is true, not the sickness. So now she has heard. She has spoken in line with what she has heard. And now, because it has developed faith within her, she acts in faith. She completes the work of faith. She's heard. It's formed a belief based upon what she believes. She has spoken out of her mouth. And now she's acting. Now she's touching in faith. Where everybody else was standing around him touching Not in faith. I mean, just ask the question. We don't know. It doesn't tell us this in the record. But just ask the question. Who else was around him that had needs that didn't get their need met? And he was right there. They had the Pop-Tart in the toaster. But didn't plug it in. There's something they needed. There's something they needed. But because they weren't connected to Jesus, they didn't draw on the power. There's no power without a connection. There is no power without a connection. If we want, look, you can know that he's all powerful. All you want. He's omnipotent. That means all powerful. It means he has all power. If he has all power, that means the devil has no power, by the way. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So what's your excuse now? (laughs) Why are we waiting for heaven when he's got authority on the earth, too? That stuff you've been battling with, he rules it. That stuff you've been struggling with, he dominates it. And then he even took a step further and gave you that authority. Turned over the authority and said, now I'm going to sit with my father in heaven. So I'm putting you in charge. You're in charge of the earth. Those things shouldn't dominate you. So he's all powerful. He's limitless. There's nothing that can stop him. There's not one disease. There's not one demon. There's not one uh, 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 natural thing that took place in the earth that Jesus did not control or dominate. Nothing. I mean, everywhere he go, this man, everywhere he goes, this man is in charge. This man is dictating life. He's cursing fig trees. He's casting out demons. He's telling winds and waves to stop. I mean, there's even times where people tried to kill him and he'd walk right through the midst of them. That's bad. That's some bad stuff right there. All-powerful. Yet, if we're not connected to the power, we don't draw on it. We don't receive. The way that we draw on the power of God is, one, hear, so that faith can be developed within you. Number two, you've got to speak 
the word like it's the only way it can be. Not an option. The only way. What the word says about your situation is the only way that it's allowed to operate. And then after that, you have to act like that word is true. We have to complete faith's process by acting on it. Faith without works is dead. It's incomplete. It's void. It's void. Our faith has to have actions behind it. You can't go believing something and even saying something and then still act like the other way is more real than the faith way. And I can promise you, if you take these steps, you hear the word, allow faith to be developed uh, and produced within you. If you start speaking in line with the word and stop saying the other garbage that you want to say. And then if you start acting on the word and start acting like the word is true and like the word is the only way that it can happen, you will draw on the power of God. And see, Jesus didn't say, daughter, my faith has made you. It wasn't even because of the power in Jesus. It was because somebody drew on the power that Jesus had that they received. So powerful that he stops them in the middle of what he's doing, surrounded by people and makes this statement. Who touched me? Because whoever just touched me, touched me in such a way that they drew on the power that I have. I had the power, and they just pulled it out of me. Jesus wants you to draw on his power. Now, let me tell you this. Jesus is the Word of God. So today, you don't need Jesus to physically enter the room and let him touch your garment or have him come lay hands on you. Jesus is the word. That means we just have to get connected with this. I've got to hear the word of God. I've got to speak the word of God. And I have to act like this is true. If I don't act in faith, then I'm not acting like I really believe the word. Look, if you truly believe something, you'll act like it. If you truly believe you're healed... You'll act like it. If you truly believe that you're blessed financially, you'll act like it. You'll be a giver. If you truly believe, you'll start having actions that will line up with what the Word of God says about your situation. And this is how we draw on the power of God. God has power, and I'm going to tell you right now, He wants you to draw on His power. His power is there so you can draw on it. His power is there so you can receive it. His power is there so your situation doesn't have to stay the same. His power is there so you can change the life situation you're in, the circumstance you're going through. His power is there to change it. He doesn't have power just to say, look at me and look at how powerful I am. He has power to say, look at how much power I have and look at how I can change your situation. If you will receive it. If you will draw it. Here's the thing. Jesus couldn't even give power to those people because they didn't qualify as people of receiving. He couldn't just go around 
handing it out because he said, it's not my faith that makes you well. I can have faith all, all I want for your situation, but until you have faith, until you believe, until you connect with me and touch me drawing in faith, I can't do anything for your situation. We've got to be people that are not sitting right next to an outlet and not able to draw on the power. We've got to connect. We've got to get connected. We've got to get connected to the Word. We've got to be in the Word, hearing the Word. We've got to be in the Word, speaking the Word. We've got to be in the Word, doing the Word. And that is when we see the power of God made evident in our lives. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for this word. Father, we thank you, first of all, that you are all-powerful. You have whipped, stripped, and defeated the enemy. He is powerless. He has no authority in our lives. He has no authority in our finances. He has no authority in our marriages. He has no authority in our uh, 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 bodies. Because you have all power. You have all authority. And Father, tonight we put ourselves in a position to draw on that power. We want to draw on the power that you have for us. Father, we allow that power to impact our lives. Influence our lives. I thank you tonight. We follow these steps. We hear the word. We become hearers of the word. That means hearing the word more than we hear other things. That may mean turning off other things so we can clearly hear the word. Not hearing the word and then hearing something else, but hearing the word and hearing the word only. So that it forms a belief within us. From there, Father, I thank you that we begin to speak in line with the word. Speak in line with what we believe. Start saying it out of our mouth. Father, I thank you that that faith will produce actions. It'll produce a lifestyle that lives like your word is true. A lifestyle that reveals we believe something different. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. That they will see the power of God manifest in their life. They will see that power made available. The power to change whatever it is they're going through. As we apply these steps, we thank you for this tonight in Jesus name. Amen. Amen.